Carla. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to Creative Reboot. So today we're talking about doing the thing before you're ready. Um, it's a topic that comes up quite often with creative folk who are stepping into the realms of making their craft their business. And we thought it was worth a chat about, um, you know, a bit around it and a bit about it and our experiences on this very hot summer night. Yes, indeed. In fact, I found a lovely quote by, and I've got to make sure I say her name right, Amy Polar. Polar? Fingers yes. crossed. I'm going, I'm going, that sounds good to me. Um, which says, great people do things before they're ready. They do things before they know they can do it. Doing what you're afraid of, getting out of your comfort zone, taking risks like that, that's what life is. You might be really good. You might find out something about yourself that's really special. And if you're not good, who cares? You tried something. Now you know something about yourself. And I thought that was really lovely for this for this topic. Yeah, I do like that. I think that's a really good um, description of, well, what we want to talk about, really, I suppose, is that Absolutely. we... Um, and when I say thing, I kind of mean thing with a capital T, but I also sometimes yes. mean thing, we mean thing with a with a small T as well, because, you know, you don't have to find just one thing. That's something we are important, is important on this podcast, isn't it? There isn't just one Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. There's always more than one thing, especially with you, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> well, also you. I feel like, you well, know, your inner multipod is, is, is doing its thing. Yes, um flourishing. <laughs> flourishing. So, um, yeah, yeah pr- uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Oh, my God. I'm so, I was just about to say, Apologies before we get started, but I'm very hot. My my brain is full of treacle. Uh, we've been through a heat wave in the UK, and I'm my brain is not functioning well. So apologies if I say silly things, but hopefully it'll be, at least be amusing um, <laughs> for somebody, if for not me, for me. At least, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So Sarah, what you're, you you talked? We've talked a little bit before. I think we probably touched on when we did our interviews, but. Um, you have a good story about your very first wedding you shot, don't you? I think that is oh, quite yes. relevant to this. So that do you want to definitely, share? yeah, yeah, definitely about doing the thing before being ready. Um, I'm trying to remember back to that interview actually. If I told that story, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat. I think it you definitely mentioned it, mention? um, but I, again, it was a while ago. So yeah, so obviously I'd been doing photography for myself for a good number of years, probably a, like eight nine years at that point um as a an amateur photographer shall we say that's the word I think I was using for myself at that point uh and I got asked by a couple who had no money bless them to um photograph their wedding and ironically I'd actually said I'd just turned I'd not long turned 30 and I'd said to myself when I turned 30 um that if people started asking me to do things, I was going to start saying yes to them. And then I got asked, uh, yeah, then I got asked this question about photographing someone's wedding. And my first answer was "Mm, no. (laughs) And then I remembered what I'd actually told myself about saying yes to the things. So that kind of forced me to, well, actually there was also lots of arm bending and they, they needled at me until eventually I said, okay, then fine, I'll, I'll do it. Wore you down. Oh, honestly, I was completely worn down by them. It was like, please, please, we know you're a good photographer, even though I'd never even photographed people at this point, really. Um, That's brave. It was very brave of them, definitely. Oh, I was um, meaning of you, but also of them. <laughs> <laughs> more, probably more brave of them. It was their wedding that they were trusting me with, ultimately. And it was completely doing the thing before I was ready because I had no idea. Like I was shooting with... Um, a crop sensor like uh, DSLR at that point, a really sort of cheap 
I'm guessing. I'm going to guess that you're also shooting with one camera because most people, when they're not pro, don't have like two, three backups. I kind of got lucky. I actually asked a friend of a friend who'd been doing a little bit of wedding photography and he very kindly loaned me his 5D Ooh. at that point. Okay. Oh, this is like the original 5D yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea how to use it, but... I, it was there, I, just in, in case. I think I don't think I even actually got it out of the bag. I was so scared about <laughs> breaking it because I knew this was a very expensive camera. Um, but yeah, he loaned me his 5D. Um, I think I read a couple of blog posts online about like how to prepare for weddings and I was very I remember being very insistent to the couple about meeting up with them beforehand to kind of ask what sort of photos they wanted and going to have a little look at the venue and that kind of thing it was it was a it was nothing huge they were having a registry office wedding uh, Colchester registry office I believe it was actually um, and then they went on to a pub somewhere in Suffolk for their um uh, for their reception afterwards which is where we met up and beforehand to kind of but the actual day of the wedding itself I was so unprepared I turned up late I was there after the bride arrived um I went into the registry office and I'd already been told by the registrars that I couldn't take any photographs during the ceremony so I just sat quietly at the back until I noticed that actually guests were standing up and taking pictures and I thought to myself well Technically, I am the official photographer here, so I should probably actually just get up and start taking Take some pictures. pictures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did, uh, and then doing like the group photos afterwards. It was, it was, there was, there was literally nothing prepared about that day at all. It kind but... of sounds like glorious carnage because I know that they loved those photos and still get them out ten years later and Absolutely. wave them around the, the internet. So, but what? How did you? How did you feel? Like, did you feel on the day like it was um, the right? wait let me let me formulate this so i feel like doing the thing before you're ready is an important step in knowing whether the thing is the right thing for you because yes, if you do like the thing that. and you hate it then you kind of know but equally the first time you do the thing you're probably not going to be fabulous at it yeah so in a sort of professional capacity so how what are your thoughts sort of around that i hope that makes sense that sort of made more sense in my head but um yeah no i think i get what you're saying it's do you know it's one the only thing I really remember about that day was on the drive home. Um, Stuart was driving. He'd come with me to kind of, well, to have uh, have free buffet was basically what he was there for. But he was also like supporting me, carrying bags, all that kind of thing. And on the drive home, I was absolutely exhausted. But I remember falling into the car um, and just smiling to myself as we were whizzing through the country lanes. And he looked at me, he went, are you OK? And I went, that was amazing. That was the best day I think I've ever had, even though I knew I'd fluffed up so much and um, that was very polite of me, but, you know, I swear I'll come I was going to say, like, it's our podcast, you're allowed to swear here, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool, um, we'll go with yes. fluff, I'm fine with that. Oh, I've been, things I've been working with a lot of very polite Canadians recently, so I'm trying to Fair. watch my language a little bit. The trouble is, I, I, I actually substitute fluff for fuck quite often um, around oh, family, yeah. and then every yeah. now and again I'll be with friends and I'll be like, off you fluff, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry, wrong, it wrong audience. It's equally as yeah. rude to me, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I, you know, it wasn't the perfect day. There was a lot about that day I got wrong, um, but actually that's also how I learn best is by making mistakes anyway. Um, but it was, it, there was just something... No... Sorry, no, I was going to say there's no substitute for going and doing it to find yes. out what the mistakes are and to learn. I think that learning is a really important point to pick up, actually. Absolutely, that, um, yeah. There's no substitute for doing that. All the books and courses in the world and workshops come to that in whatever it is you're doing. Can't substitute yeah. doing it yourself. 
Yeah, and you know, if I sort of think back on it, if that couple hadn't have asked me to photograph their wedding, there is no way I would have turned around and said, you know what, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. It hadn't even crossed my mind at that point That's really to be cool. a wedding photographer. So, um, yeah, so would I have then done the thing? Probably not. Probably because, not. Well, maybe no. eventually. I, I like to think that our things will find us eventually, but mm. Mm, intriguing. Mm. Super what intriguing. What about you? What if, do you have some an experience that you can share with us in I- that kind of... Kind of have, because it's me, I kind of have a range of experiences that feed into that, because, you know, just one wouldn't be very me, would it? No, um, yes, I do. I also I actually... have more, but, you know. Just no, like... no, you have plenty. No, no, no. I don't, I, <laughs> what I mean is I have a range that are relevant and pertinent, mm. I think. So the first one is that in, must have been 20, round about 2014, 2015. So I'd been cameraing for a while. And I'd been talking to people about, oh, I want to do this thing called photography. Oh, yeah, I take photos. I take photos in my spare time. It's yeah. fun. But With the I quiet hadn't voice. quite yeah. got, yeah, in the quiet voice. I hadn't <laughs> quite got as far as calling myself a photographer. And I had uh, two friends in the same year who got, I think it was 2015, uh, two friends in the same year who got married, one in the February, one in the May. And they both said, look, we'd really like you to take our pictures. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. That's really my thing. And they were like, no, no, but we want you. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And so both of them I shot and both of them I had an absolutely glorious time and both of them I was like, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing weddings ever again. <laughs> so that was really interesting. I you telling me that, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I did it in the February and I was like, yep, yeah, no, definitely not. And that was quite a big wedding. Like, it was a big family wedding and it was glorious. And the second one was an elopement. Um, so that was a completely different experience. And so I thought, well, actually, and they're both really good friends of mine. Like, so, you know, it was a lovely experience to be there regardless. Um, and I just say I loved the experience because they were my friends but I took Mm. enough away from that experience to know that if they weren't humans that I loved to begin with I was not going to enjoy wedding photography so I feel like that was a really good thing then I kind of trundled along for another year or so um, knowing that I wanted to as I had done for years knowing I wanted to make photography my full-time thing but being plagued with um, sort of the doubt which we'll cover I think further down further down the line in this episode about you know am I good enough I don't have any formal training like what if I cock it up what if people hate my work all of those things And then my hand was forced in the nicest possible way um, by a lovely friend of mine who had, um, they'd rescued a cat, uh, her and her husband, have a bit of a habit actually of rescuing cats, but they'd rescued this tiny, tiny kitten and he um, wasn't very well when they found him and um, they nursed him through, um, he was a few days old and he was, I think, hours from death actually when they found him as they nursed him through and, and then he just, he was fine, but he wasn't he wasn't the healthiest of cats and there was a point where she said to me she said Carla I know you're nervous about this she said but we really want some portraits of us as a family with our existing cat and then this new kitten just in case he doesn't make it Mm. um I mean I don't know (laughs) I don't know if we're actually that explicit about it but that was definitely the underlying like this this cat is not in the greatest of of health can you come and do and I was like I'm desperate to do pet portraits I want you know I I could photograph people and pets I was just terrified of doing it for someone else um Mm. So, and she said, you know, I really kind of need you to do it round about now, you know, just in case something happens to him. So I did. So um, I went round and I had a lovely time with the kittens. They're still some of my favourite pictures. Um, I did some family portraits of them. Um, and very similar to you, actually, I came away from that completely differently from the weddings. I came away from that session like on top of the world. It was the yeah. best feeling. Um, and then uh, a group of friends, uh, same friend, actually, but a group of friends, they uh, wanted a friendship shoot, three of them. They'd been friends for a long time since uni. Um, and so later the same year, they were like, oh, we'd really love if you did this. Um, would you mind? So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And for me, again, on top of the world, those two things were the things that I was like, OK, if I can do this, I can do 
I can go pro. And so it was about mm. a month after that I eventually made the decision, said I was a professional photographer, and then chose brand photography to specialise in because I knew that small businesses were my first love. But yeah. I found that I, I found that I I had. I had so much doubt and so much confidence all at the same time. It was such a weird feeling. And I definitely wasn't ready, not even slightly ready. Like you, didn't have the right kit, didn't have the right lenses, um, didn't have... I actually, when I edited when I edited the friendship session, I had um, I had an ancient laptop I was using at the time. I'd got Lightroom, knew how to use it, that was fine. Um, but it was the first time I'd had to edit skin tones rather than, you know, animals and landscapes and stuff. So, um, for, for people rather than for myself. So I edited them, that was fine. And then I sent them to... Um, to my friends and they said Carla these are gorgeous photos but we look like Oompa Loompas and I was like huh <laughs> tell, tell me more about the Oompa Loompaness like are you, have I made you short and they were like no we're just bright orange so I looked at them on my work computer in a lunch break and it turned out that that computer was terribly calibrated and I had in fact edited everyone to what looked normal on my screen but was bright orange and everybody oh. else's and that was that learning curve of like oh I need to look at this I need a better monitor and 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 all of those things I if I'd waited until I knew that stuff I would never have got going because mm. you don't learn until you have to do it Absolutely. And do you know, actually, that your the story there about the kitten, there was something about the sort of urgency of that that reminded me of, of, of actually another experience of mine, which has nothing to do with creativity. It was actually back when I was being a paramedic. Uh, I said being a paramedic, when I was training to be a paramedic. Um, and I, I remember, sorry, it, this it, I'll, I'll try and make sure it's not too gory, right. the story, I promise. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for, for our listeners. <laughs> But I was uh, at the t- at that point. I was in the the, the stage of my training where um, we had to go into hospital and do certain skills so that we could get signed off on on them. And this particular week, I was doing skills of putting um, IV cannulas into into people. So I was working in the A and E department, and it was like my first. Uh, I've done a couple on my first day and made a hor- horrific mess of all of them. So I was feeling quite fraught and nervous and all the rest of it and then the guy that was supervising me he said oh he said come he said come quickly we've got a patient who's coming into the resus department which normally means they're very poorly um and he said we're going to need to get a, a line into this patient really quickly it's a what they call putting an iv in so um i said okay i said well this patient you obviously this is really important you need to get this line i've been fluffing up all day oh that's that word again um <laughs> you really so... are much more polite than usual today what happened i don't know <laughs> don't worry the the fucks will come out soon there you go there you go go. (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, i said i've been been fucking up all day i said you take this one because you're obviously the expert this is really important off you go and he sort of looked at me and went are you sure and i said yes yes i'm just gonna stand back and watch so he got all of the stuff prepared they came running in with the patient who was obviously very very poorly uh he got all of the stuff get there and then he said to me sarah he said just can you just pass me the um the cannula so I've gone, oh, okay. And I've stepped forward and picked it up. And then he just turned round without missing a beat. And he said, there's the vein, get it now. And I was like, oh, uh, and I literally had no time to think. I just had to react. And it just kind of made me think actually sometimes when like when you feel like you're not ready, uh, that's that's why your your story with the kids. Sometimes, kind of, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, just for, it's, for... It's just being forced into it was, the, it was the word you used about almost being pushed into that position. Yeah, and, and it wasn't, I'm don't get me wrong. They didn't put pressure on me in an awful way it was more than mm. we want you more than we want anyone else to photograph yes. this kitten yeah, yeah, yeah. um but but there is a time emergency time we can't wait for you to get ready yeah. we can't wait for you in a year's time to be like yeah. oh yeah i can photograph pets now we need it now um yeah. for anyone who is worrying um captain fleef is now 
four, oh, three, four years old. Four year, coming up four, it must be, because it was 2016. So yeah, coming up four years old, and he is a magnificent cat. Um, he's very regal. He he's a five kilogram beast. Um, he's glorious. Um, so I might even ch- see if I can um, find a picture of him as a kitten, but now to stick we'll in the show notes, that. like he is yeah. a glorious animal. So yeah, so we had a happy ending, um, but two happy oh, endings. And also- for the oh. record, I did also get the cannula in. And you did get the cannula in. I figured you hopefully <laughs> did. Yeah, fingers crossed. And the patient was okay? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. I'm going we'll go with, with yes. yes. We'll go yes. with yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so no, so that was a good... Sorry, I did mean to, mean to say that earlier on for anyone that was in suspense. Like, but what happened to the cat? Because that's the kind of thing oh, no. I do. I'm listening that's to something. Just, I'm like, but never mind that. What about the cat? Least, <laughs> I've kept them listening for at least an extra five minutes. And that's Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm very grateful to um, to Janine, but also to um, to Captain Floof for being uh, a little more sickly than other cats mm. are in their kittenhood. Because I genuinely think, because also that gave me the confidence when they then said, "Oh, can we have shoots? You know, can the three of us have a shoot together?" I was much more able to say yes. And then when the next request came in after that, and eventually I was then able to charge and to to create my business out of that. Um, and I genuinely am not sure if I mean I think I would have eventually done it because. For the 12 years that I had been shooting up until then, I had been in the back of my mind, just like, I'd love to do this all the time. I'd love to do this full time. I want to turn this into my thing. Mm. But I didn't feel ready to be pro. But the only thing that was holding me back was myself, it turned out. And that is exactly it, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because it's like that, um, we've made a point here about like when you think you're not ready, but actually you are, you just don't realise it yet. I think there's probably something there something we talk about a lot i know about we hold mm. ourselves to standards that are impossible yes but we judge other people by a totally different set of standards yeah and so other people are judging us by their completely normal standards and we're judging ourselves by our absolutely ridiculous standards off off the page off the scale standards see them. yeah yeah and so actually that means that you're actually ready far beyond like far before rather the point that you think you are because mm-hmm. everybody actually there was um so um actually i was going to bring this in further further in but something that blew my mind uh during lockdown i went to a webinar um, which was run by southeast creatives and a wonderful woman called kate atkin who is a specialist in imposter syndrome now we do have a whole episode planned on imposter syndrome but the the little snippet that came out of that for me is that um you you're you are always working to 100 or 110 or 150 percent like you you hold yourself do you everything has to be 100 percent this is part of imposter syndrome is everything has to be 100% before you'll let it out or you'll charge for it or you'll charge what you're worth. Oh, excuse me, or you'll whatever. Um, For most people, what you consider maybe 70 or 80% is their 100 to 110%. And I don't think I explained that as well as she does. I'll see if she's got a blog or something that explains that better. But um, it blew my mind that actually I can work to 80% and still be exceeding what people are expecting. Far exceeding, absolutely. Like, because actually, it's that whole thing, isn't it? About um, we're probably getting into a completely different subject here about expectations. Okay. But well, I think um, expectations is part of this because I yeah. think it's our expectations that stop us from Ours going. Versus that's the that's other where persons. we say, "Oh, we're not ready," because we're expecting ourselves to mythically get. And I think sometimes there is that expectation that we'll get to a point, and someone somewhere will wave a flag or hand us something like a certificate to say, "Here you go, you're ready." Yeah. That doesn't ever happen, does it? <laughs> Never. Like, no one ever just rocks up out of nowhere. Like, here you go, you're ready to do this now. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Even getting you a degree are, yeah. doesn't mean you're ready to do the... Th- like, you still have to go and do the thing. 
Yes, exactly. Well, so, yeah, if, if anything, I think most people who have actually gone on and done degrees have then come out of university and gone, I can't get a job or I am not ready for yeah. life. You know, I've not done this before. So, yeah, so yeah. I think, do you think it's something that plagues creatives more than others? Do you think, do you think, because I mean, something else that I think is also relevant, interestingly, um, I've been speaking to a few people recently. Um, so with all of the Corona stuff, I've had a lot of conversations with people. Um, usually my mentoring is quite business based. Currently, it's more about like, oh, fuck, I don't actually like what I was doing before. Being at home means now I know I don't like what I was doing before. Help. What do I do yeah. next? Which has been really yeah. interesting conversations, like quite harrowing, but quite interesting. Um, and one of the things that I have really noticed when people are applying, I'm sure there are proper statistics for this. I don't have the statistics to hand, but men, when they apply for jobs, if they can do an amount of what is asked for, not necessarily all of it, but some of it, they'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. But women, if there's one thing on the list of what's asked for that they can't do, they'll be like, oh, no, I'm not qualified enough, can't do it. Uh, uh, Do you know, that rings so true to me because there's so many things I could have applied for over the years and I didn't because of that very reason. And it's so so. anecdotal. And then something that somebody said to me, and I feel like I might have said this on this podcast before, but I've certainly said it a few times over the last few years. Apologies if I'm repeating myself. But back in my internship days so when I was about 19 so a long time ago now um somebody said to me and it was a very wise woman and it was a very wise piece of advice that I've carried with me all of these years she said if you get to a new job and you can do it all on the first day you're in the wrong job when you get to a new job she was talking about jobs but I think this applies equally to creativity and to creatives and to business if you can do it all on day one there's nothing for you to learn. You shouldn't be in that job. You should always be somewhere where you're learning more and you're striving more and you're moving onwards. And actually, I think that's been a really good... I mean, my career path has not panned out as I think she possibly expected it to. But, or as I did, come to that. <laughs> but um, but does, I, it, does it for anybody really? I'm not well, no, sure exactly. It does, but. Um, but I feel like maybe that's actually really relevant here in that mm. you don't need to know it all in order to do the thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of do sense. Think- and actually... That we, even with the that th- that thought of always learning as well, because actually, I th- I feel like my the last ten years of my having a business has been one giant long learning process, and it still is every day as well. I yeah. still learn something new yeah. virtually every day that I'm yeah. I'm doing it. So, and I would say that most most people in any kind of creative pursuit, whether that is a business or whether that is just a joy thing or both, um. I think most of us would agree that there's always more to learn, isn't there? Mm, like, course, there's, yeah. there's very few creative pursuits where you can sit back and go, yep, I know it all now. I'm a, even if you're a master, there's still things to learn. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can't imagine what it must be like to be so far at the top of your game that there is literally nothing left to learn, because then what do you do? Well, it's funny. I did have a thought the other day. I was talking about some future plans with a friend of mine, and we realised that at the time that we realised this plan for an animal sanctuary... Um, I will have potentially been shooting for 25 to 35 years. And I was like, shit, imagine what I could create in 25 to 35 years. Still don't think I'll be at the top of my game because there will always be more to learn. But I'm excited by that for the first time. And that, I think, is a sign that you're doing the right thing. Which means, to go back to your very beginning um, comments, Sarah, you have to do some things before you're ready to kind of try it and see. Um, And then if you hate it, then you can stop. And if you love it, but it was terrifying, you can fill the gaps. And if you just love it, then you're kind of on the road forward. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. You've just suddenly made me think as well. There's that that element of 
if you never actually start something because you don't feel like you're ready, it's almost like there's a, an element of fear kicks in there, doesn't it? That you're too afraid to take that step into doing because you're like, oh, I just need to learn one more thing or I need to I need to get one more skill under my belt or I just need to, to, to do um, I wonder if that's this, this one more course. or I've heard that described as analysis paralysis oh in that you're mostly in in the context of starting a business mm. um so you're so busy working out you know the square footage of the office you might rent or how you might afford xyz or you know what you'll do if you get a massive tax bill in your second year that you don't actually ever get off the ground to get to the point where you might have a tax bill um yes. and i wonder if that's kind of similar in it's sort of it, there's parallels there i think with what you've just said mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I, I, yeah, that's very interesting. I don't know if it would quite be under the same heading, but I think it certainly is tangentially Venn diagram related, maybe. Yes, yeah. I, I just did a that... very weird hand signal that looked like boobs. That... <laughs> this is why I'm not a maths teacher. This is obviously your idea of a Venn diagram is breasts. It was the two, yep. the two set boobs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> hilarious fabulous i've lost my train of thought now what were we talking sorry, about sorry um i said boobs no <laughs> you did say boobs you definitely did say boobs this we yeah, have before that you were going to say something sensible and then i got sidetracked i'm sorry that's okay i think it was it was to do with the that doing that where we're talking about this doing the thing before you're ready is it is it then is it just a fear that holds you back from from taking that step from being not ready to just to just doing it really what is i think it's a, a yeah there i, I think yeah, what there is, is it a that fear. stops you yeah, yeah what is, is it fear. that stops you but also what is it that pushes because not everybody then does the thing some people do and some people don't what is the thing that pushes people into to doing it i know in one case there that you know there's the urgency or there's the being worn down by people who see something I in you that perhaps you don't see in yourself but what is it like, that makes people take that step and actually just do it? I want to say, for me, those experiences I recounted just now were the, mm. the catalysts. But the reason that I went ahead and did the thing after trying the thing and loving the thing mm. is because there was a point where I realised that not doing it would be more painful than doing it and failing. Oh, I like that. And like that, that took, I think for me, that's, this has come up a lot for me in, in coaching and journaling and stuff. So the thing for me, I always work. So I've tried, I've had lots and lots of businesses and creative pursuits and stuff in my time. I still have plenty on the go, but photography for me was the thing, probably a bit like writing for you, I suspect. Mm -hmm. Photography for me was the thing that I wanted to do. But I was too scared to put my whole heart into it because if I did other things, so when I did jewellery and I did web design and I did some other bits and pieces, if those didn't work, it was okay because they mm -hmm. were, you know, they were things that I tried and that was fine, but they weren't, I didn't put my whole soul into them. There was a slight personal detachment from them. A, a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm. I still loved them, and I put a lot of myself into them. But there was a little it's bit of me reserved. It's not the same as putting your entire heart into something, is it? Yeah. And mm. I know that when, in fact, I think I can pinpoint the point at which I realised I was going to have to do something about this at some point, which predates those triggers where I had to do the thing and face mm. that fear. But I was ambling around the day job on the way to a meeting, I think, and I said to the person I was with. Um, 
I still, you know, I, I, I really would love, at some point I would love, we were talking about what we do after after this job. Um, and I said, I'd really love to be a photographer. I really think that's the thing that I would love to do. And she said, oh, but you could do that in your free time. And something in me went, I could, but that's not what I want. Yeah. There was a really visceral reaction, not because she'd said anything wrong. That was a totally reasonable response to say, you could do it in your free time. You totally could. I was doing it in my free time at that point. Um, and I think that feeling, I'm thinking out loud slightly, but I think that feeling then came. And then once I'd done the thing and it was successful, I then realised that not doing it was going to cause me a lot more pain than trying it. But I was mm. so scared because I said to a few people at the, at the time and they said, look, just do it, Carly. You can do it. We can see that you can do it. Just bloody get on and do it. Stop faffing about and I said, but it'll break me if it fails. And they were yeah. like, that means it's probably not going to fail because it's a thing you can't not do. It doesn't have to be a business. Try it as a business because you think that's the thing you want to do with it. But you're not going to stop taking pictures of the business faults. And I was like, oh, yeah. And actually, once I lent into that, the business has gone from strength to strength. So they, unfortunately, they were much wiser than I gave them credit for. That's really interesting. Just because that's kind of made me think back to that time of being asked to do the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to you there there was that point just before where I'd said, I said I'm sure it was around my 30th birthday I remember writing a blog post about it and this whole idea of saying yes to stuff mm-hmm. um, it had got to the point I was in the middle of doing my paramedic training which I didn't really want to do to be to be fair it was because I didn't want to work in the control room anymore and it was either that or go work in Tesco's these were my options at that point so I thought hey you know paramedic saving lives why not let's give that a go <laughs> I, I do love the story of how you became a paramedic but yeah <laughs> um so I was doing that and then I got to the point where I'd realized actually I wasn't really I've been doing photography for myself but um I still wasn't feeling like I was I don't know what it is I still like I felt like my creativity still wasn't really where I wanted it to be um which is why then I think I sort of said you know what it, maybe it was like midlife crisis turning 30 or what which you know is ironic quarter life Sarah quarter 40. life quarter life 30 <laughs> is not midlife far too far too recent <laughs> but yeah so it's quite ironic bear in mind I'm just about to turn 40, 40 but yeah. um yeah it, it was it was this idea of maybe I need to actually stop being scared of trying things and just opening myself up to seeing the possibilities I suppose Mm -hmm. and and seeing because I think like I said I didn't really have any inclination to want to be a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer that was never really sort of my intention I've been doing photography in my spare time that was the thing that I was which have you found though that you're so for me I Mm -hmm. when I originally took up photography what I wanted um was to do the kind of fine art self-portrait stuff and 15 years later I'm now creating the kind of images that I wanted to create then. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I can create those images now is because I have done it as a hobby for a while, turned pro, and in the four years since I turned pro, my skills have skyrocketed because I've been doing it more often and I've had to do it more often and I've had to learn different things and I've had to learn different lighting for clients and stuff. So doing the thing because I wanted to do the thing for my client. Don't get me wrong, I love both sides of that equally. Mm. But doing the brand work has given me more skills that I don't think I would have. even silly things. Oh, well, I suppose it's not a silly thing, is it? But silly things like had I not had a business, I would never have got my own studio. I just don't think I would ever have thought it was worth. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have thought I deserved to have a studio just for fun and sh- like shits and giggles, mm. but because I need it for the business, 
I use it for the business, it. but actually I use it far more mm-hmm. for the other side of my business, for the art side of my business, which is only really a business because now I'm good enough at it to be able to sell the work I create. It's a real funny circle of chicken mm. and egg. Like, which bit came first? And I'm sure that if I hadn't... I, I definitely would have carried on. I, I can't imagine my life without a camera, but I can't see without those triggers we've talked about and without actually making and making the i wonder if there's something there about commitment there was a point in in late 2016 where i sat myself down and i was like right i'm going to do this and i'm going to put my all into it i'm going to stop shying away from it stop worrying about it and i'm going to give it my all and then if it doesn't work it's not because i didn't try hard enough mm-hmm. and i wonder if that there's something there about commitment and doing the thing like committing to yourself not to anyone else that makes a lot of sense, actually. Just as an example for the the thought of um, uh, the way in which Stuart and I decided to move to Canada was very was was along those lines. Actually, Ooh, it was a bit okay. of a we looked at each other and said, "Are we going to do this? Let's actually let's commit to to ourselves that we're going to do this." Partly because uh, I think it was something you said just a, a little bit a while ago that if we didn't try it, um, you know, is it going to be that? Or that that constant feeling of what if you know if you if you hadn't given it a go and yeah so i guess it's we, again we were never really ready to go flying off across the atlantic and and doing you know living in a different country that was never something we were ever ready for but doing it was the thing that kind of showed us actually that we were quite were... we were ready to do that yeah so, i really like that i like mm, that it applies in all kinds of like context, parts of yeah. your life as well mm, yeah yeah definitely yeah, i yeah. think i mean saying that i don't know whether to draw the parallel again between our sort of creative and business life and our sort of personal lives. I know those mm. things are massively intertwined, but um, I would say that there was a point where I had to fake it till I made it. There was oh, definitely yes. a point where I had to pretend I knew like a part of me knew that I could do this. And a part of me was like, fuck shit, bollocks, wank. I'm going to have to like learn a thing on the trot. and like, <laughs> what if this happens? And what if the lighting and what it, but ah, can I still do that now? Right. <laughs> that <laughs> hasn't you... changed. <laughs> No, but what has changed for me is that when I first said I am a professional photographer, that changed. Being able to address... In fact, I had a really interesting conversation earlier today about how to describe yourself. It's something I talk about a lot with people about when you are a thing slash a thing slash another thing, so effectively a multipod. How do you describe that in a way that is either enticing enough that makes people want to talk to you more about it um, or is boring enough that people understand what the fuck it is you do because that's mm. definitely a thing that that you know we can struggle with so i'm talking about how we describe ourselves and for me saying i am a professional photographer made almost as much difference as all the years beforehand where i learned how to use a sodding camera because there was an element of belief and also the thing that i really noticed and friends had said this to me and i was like no nah, don't be ridiculous when I met people and I said, they said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a professional photographer. And they're like, oh, that's cool. What do you shoot? And I was like, shit, they believe me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was such, I, I, now I what? genuinely well, how do remember I answer this question? those first few, I don't know if have you had similar, like since you've added the writing or when you did the photography, but certainly since you've added the writing, because I know we've had quite parallel journeys with, I wrote without thinking, you photographed without thinking. And then we kind of did this weird thing where we've grown yeah, the other side. Yeah. So my photography, you're writing together. But it's quite, how... um... yeah, go on. No, no, I was going to say, how, how have you found, have you found any sort of similar things where you're like, oh, they believe me, shit, I must be one. It was, just, that just it me? Was the, yeah, that, it got, that actually kind of ties in really nicely with the fake it till you make it thing, because actually 
I really struggled to introduce myself as a photographer for years and years. Okay. Um, when people said, "What do you do?" I always said, "Oh, I'm a I'm a paramedic. Oh, and I do photography." Like you know, it's that small voice um, thing again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was the small voice exactly, and it took me a long time to um, make that the bigger thing to actually go. Do you know, actually, I'm a photographer. This is what I do. You know, it. it but it. The only way I found. Um, that it was easier to do that was because was actually literally forcing myself to do it. I would literally stop and go, I'm a photographer. Oh, and I also am a paramedic as well, you know, just or even not even mentioning the paramedic stuff and really having to you literally bite my lip into saying I am a photographer rather than And to start else. or to lead with the thing that you love the yes, most. I think yes. the thing that but I then, think definitely but then well go on. I was gonna say, but then actually when the when things changed last year and the, the writing came in and I switched everything around, it was so easy for me to just go. I'm a copywriter. I'm a writer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, really. And I always say that first before photographer. That that is always the thing that I lead with. So interesting because being a writer is really kind of tangled in my identity, um, to a point where I don't. I don't really bat an eyelid when people say, oh, yeah, Carla, she writes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. I actually don't write as much as my friends who are writers do. I mean, mm. yes, I blog and I maintain nine sites and I write and I do. I do write. I'm writing four books. It's, I'm not, not a writer. Now. Nine no, 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 no. Really. But I'm not what I mean. is I'm not. I don't. I don't know how to hang on. I'm trying to explain it. I do sound like I'm just <laughs> I know you like, mean. A, no, no, no. like a wanker. I'm not trying to be a wanker. I promise. Um, it's far too hot for that. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like let me let me try and get my words together. I think what I'm trying to say is that photography comes naturally, but photography carried a, no, I have no idea how I'm going to phrase this. It makes sense in my head, but I can't get the words out. Um, when people said you're a writer, I was like, yeah, obviously. When people say you're a photographer, I was like, yeah, I want to be, but I'm not sure if I am. It's it's like you and, and put then, more and like there's more you've you you you've put more importance on that photography thing. Yeah, which is daft. Because Almost like actually, the writing you've taken for granted. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'm a writer. Take it for granted. That's yes. the thing. That's the mm. thing. And I would say I'm I'm actually if anything I'm probably better at the photography than the writing, mm -hmm. but I hadn't let that come forward. Yeah. Um, and yet when I lead with it now and I say oh, I'm a photographer, I, actually that's something else I did really struggle with. Until I was making money from the photography, I didn't feel like I was able to say I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to say, oh, I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm a web designer and I've got this. Oh, and also I'm a photographer. Do you know why that is, though? The, uh, you probably were in the in the same sort of forums that I was going very early on in the photo in your photography journey. And I always remember that the topic always come up came up at some point. When do you call yourself an amateur photographer and when do you call yourself a professional photographer? And the definition always was that you were earning more from your photography than you were from any other work that you were doing. But you see, that's really interesting because I didn't butt up against that. I haven't oh, really you? butted up oh, against that. No, because, so because, well, because I deliberately avoided, so apart from the couple of groups that we're both part of and my own Facebook group, um, I tried to keep away from standard photography groups because it was those that nearly made me give it up back in the day, mm. like when I very first... Otherwise, I might have, uh, you know, 23, 24, started a photography business, but I didn't. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. Um, for me, the thing that, that still now occasionally shakes me is, and I guess it's because because I've got the studios and because I do some art photography as well, and um, the conversation that comes up when people visit the studios, not my clients, but when we have like open, we have, you know, events, and people will ask, or sometimes other artists will ask, and they say, oh, what's your, you know, what's your art degree in? And I'm like, oh, what art school did you go to? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know one. <laughs> Equally still good enough. 
off you fluff. Do you, um, do you actually pull that face when you say that? When you were I literally do pull that. Well, just to be fair, so my very first open studio. So I got my studio in January. And the first open studios was in the September of the same year, and I wasn't expecting the question. Um, I'd had it a few times from people within the studios, but that was one on one, and it was easier to kind of get around. Um, but several people asked it, and I was just a bit like, "Oh, I mean, I'm self-taught." And then we continued the conversation. It was fine. Um, and then the second one, I was much more prepared for, and so then I did pretty much make that face, which sadly you guys can't see the face, but it's a bit of a like, ah, uh, it is. It why is are you asking me that? What a weird feeling, question that is. It's almost like a self-consciousy kind of. Yeah, like oh, a, I'm uh, going to tell you the truth. Um, but it's yeah, because really, actually, just because my the way I respond to that is actually very different. I'm I'm very proud of the fact that I don't have a qualification in photography. I'm like, I am self-taught. I absolutely am. Because I'm am. proud of what I've done. And it's funny, last... it depends on the context. So I am absolutely proud I'm self-taught. In fact, more so. And I've, I've known people who have photography degrees and I know people who have other arts degrees and they say like they loved doing their arts degree, but it didn't actually prepare them to be an artist. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I missed out in any way, shape yeah, or form. No, However... No. It does depend on the context, because if I'm expecting questions like that, then my brain goes, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I've done the thing and I'm fine and I'm good with the thing and I'm self-taught. And these are all the reasons I'm like, delighted I'm self-taught. And then every now and again, someone will catch me when I'm not paying attention. And I'm like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't I can do thing. And I, it's really weird. It's really weird that that's still yeah. it's not it doesn't come up often now, but there is a, there's still that. But for me, that's the thing that stopped me from saying I was a professional for a long time because I okay. didn't have an arts degree. Not just because of the studios, that's just a good example of where that came up. But yeah. that was what I butted up against rather than the how much. And now I see when people say, oh, are you making this much money? And I'm like, surely, surely it's about whether you have clients, regardless of how much you're charging them or how much you're paying, like how much you're paying in tax or whatever it is you're I'm doing. doing surely if you are shooting clients waving. for money, then by definition, you are a professional photographer. Exactly. I, think. I mean, don't get me wrong. The quality will vary, but that's the same in anything. You know, you mm-hmm. get great accountants and shit ones. I, I don't yep. think that's... But they're all still presumably accountants, qualified accountants. Yes. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Um, and I don't think our industry specifically is... Or both both our industries, um, they're not very regulated, are they? There's nothing where you can be like, oh, I've done CPD in this and I've got X I amount of... I feel like of... Um, there probably is more for copywriting, actually. Oh, is um, there? That's interesting. Yes, there, there seems to be a lot more out there and I am starting to dabble in actually taking some frigging courses because i again i am self-taught <laughs> i've literally been doing i've been figuring this out all by myself but then, um i think there's some magic in that as well because i think that i am better at stuff bef- <laughs> courses have their place they're absolutely mm. a good thing to have i've done a lot of business courses because obviously you don't like rock up into the world knowing business that's not a thing yes. well, you don't know anything when you rock up into the world do you um but there are certain things that I did better before I started worrying about how I should be doing them or how the accepted way of doing them was. Um, yes. And the obvious example, I think, is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- <laughs> yeah, it's actually, anyone, That's a it? really good point to make. In, and, and I actually would even probably use photography as an example of that because I, when I first started taking photos, I had no idea what an f-stop was. I didn't know about aperture. I didn't know about ISO or... I wasn't shooting in um, auto. I was using aperture priority. I think was my was my favourite thing um, because I liked that depth of field. Although I didn't know it was called depth of field at that point. It was the blurry background and the sharp thing. The in fussy bits. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I was taking pictures of things that I loved, and I wasn't really thinking about all of that other stuff. I was just taking photos of stuff I loved, and that was it. It then 
ended up being people just because of you know the way things turned out and uh, and I didn't really I wasn't changing the way I did anything with people I was still shooting an aperture priority whole weddings in aperture priority which some wedding photographers would probably fall off their blood their seats again though I mean well it's funny I have I have quite strong views on that so I like manual because I like to cook about and I've got quite a specific style I also think if you're going to spend two grand or three grand or five grand on a camera let the fucking camera do some of the work it's built to do mm, absolutely but like, actually but I, it was it was um I was shooting bearing in mind I started I shot my first wedding in 2011 um and then I went on a workshop photography workshop in 2014 after my mum had her little escapade in the hospital um and it was um i remember actually standing on this rooftop we were taking pictures of a couple and i could see everyone shooting they had their manual dial switched on and i was still there in aperture priority trying to hide it feeling quite you know beneath everybody but in mind i'd already shot weddings at this point as well so it wasn't like i hadn't ever done this before and i actually turned around to the the woman who was holding the workshop and i said to her i said oh i said all right i really need to learn manual and she turned around to me, she went, Sarah, are you um, are you getting the shot? And I was like, well, yeah. She said, well, then what the fuck does it matter? And it that was yeah. a revelation to me yeah. because she was quite high up. And actually then she admitted as well, she'd only been doing manual for about a year at, at that point. And I think and I she's switched spot to manual on. maybe in, the, in a year or so she's after spot that. On. So, so yeah. I only shoot manual because I can't get the look that I want with the mm-hmm. camera doing some of the work. I'm just an awkward bugger. But I didn't, I only discovered that when I started fiddling with it but if I got what I wanted from any other setting I'd use that because Mm -hmm. that yeah and I I think that probably applies I know we're we're quite photography specific but um I think that applies to any anything creative actually like do if you're doing the thing and you're getting the results that you want or you're getting close to the results that you want keep doing it your way and I think that's that's an entirely reasonable thing to do um and actually that probably folds in folds in ties in Mm. I'm so sorry. I just can't speak today. Um, That we think we're not ready, but we probably actually are. We think we can't do the thing. That you know, there is definitely a point at which we we're holding back from from committing. And this is just for clarity as well. When I when we say doing the thing, we don't necessarily mean going pro. Although going Mm. pro is often the point at which this rears its head. And certainly for the people I've been speaking to recently, this is the point at which it's reared its head. It's something they've been doing for a long time, like years, decades sometimes. Um, And they go, oh, but I can't charge for that. I'm like, oh, but you can. But it can also, I think it can also, hopefully you are also on board with this, Sarah, but I think this can also apply to when you just want to try a new thing or you want to get better at a thing that you're doing. Um, You kind of have to be good at being bad and you have to be okay with it but then you might also find when you want to get to the next stage or the next level or take take something to the next level you don't think you're ready but actually if you look you are it's just i don't know perception confidence yeah. fear everything combination of those things everything <laughs> all yeah. into one definitely fear is yeah. a really interesting one actually i think we should do an episode on fear at some point because there's so, so many different ways it manifests it, it's quite mm. uncomfortable but it's also quite telling i think when i feel yes. fear there's usually a once i've stopped you know the inner me has stopped screaming and panicking. Um, if I can sit down and take fear to my journal, I usually learn quite a lot from it. Well, I am a big advocate of that. Feel the fear and then do it anyway. anyway. Even though, mm. even though I will hand hold hand on heart um, admit that if you put me at the top of a bungee jump thing, I will not jump off. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I spoke to someone the other day who was telling me that she um, one of the one of the ways that she kind of 
um, runs her life, if you, if you like, is that she, when she feels terrified of something, she'll make a point of going and doing that thing. Okay. Um, because, you know, why wouldn't you? And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I totally get it because there are so many things I have done that have terrified me and then afterwards I've gone, well, that wasn't that bad. (laughs) I have to say, I think maybe because there's so much going on in my life already, I don't seek out things I'm frightened of. I I think that's an amazing way to live your life. I don't have time to seek out more shit. But (laughs) um, I do try not to let fear hold me back. Mm -hmm. um, That's important. And I think that's something I've learned from this journey, actually. I think I realised very quickly, once once I'd made the decision, and interestingly... I think this is another thing, and again, I, I hopefully this will resonate with some with some of you. But I bought the domain name CarlaWatkinsPhotography.com, which is for my art photography. Probably eight years before I actually launched a photography business. Ah. Um, and I've moved it from. I can't find out the actual. I did look the other day for the actual date, but I've moved it around registrars a bit. So it and I think it resets. So I think it says something like twenty twelve, but um. Yeah, I I bought it a long, long time ago, just in case. And but then I was actually on, quite can, surprised. Go on. Can we also just point out the fact that you, you know, you, you like to buy domain names like I Oh yeah, so I, I did an audio over pens. lockdown and I had 24, now I've got 19. Some of them I genuinely have no idea what I was going to do with. But I was quite pleasantly surprised because when I decided I was going to, because they just sit in my account doing not very much. And so when in 2016, I, I moved around, moved hosts and stuff and it was I just moved the whole lot all in one go. And when I... um. I remember talking to my friends and I said, oh, you know, I've done, I've done your shoots and I'm really excited and I'm going to do this. And I remember talking to my best friend and saying, oh, I'm set, I'm going to set up, you know, I've got my actual website. I'm going to set up a photography website. And she was like, brilliant. That's so exciting. She's a bridal designer. She was like, you know, we'll have to do some shoots with my dresses. And I was like, yeah, really excited. And then I remember phoning her in tears and I was like, oh, it's, you know, I, it's, it's always, every time I try and do something, it's gone, it's taken. And she was like, Carla, don't you own that already? And I was like, it's taken by me. That's <laughs> the best feeling ever. Because so, I was like, oh, what am I going to do if I can't call it after my name? Um, and yeah, it turns out, turns out I had bought it myself and forgotten about it. So um, actually, some... though, on that on that note, if if you hadn't have bought that and it had gone, would would that have stopped you from you know doing no. the thing? Exactly. You would uh, have still done it anyway. It might have been a it might have been a minor setback because it felt mm. like a bit of a fate had dealt a hand because I was already feeling so kind of shaky about doing it. Um yeah. but I've realised since the reason I felt shaky is because it was the right thing to do and I was much more invested in it than I had been mm. in previous ventures. And I found that with all of the things that I've done. So um all the things I'm currently doing, I've had that feeling about and that's the reason I'm still doing them or I'm doing them currently. Um yeah. the things that I have not been passionate about or the things that I've done because i'm good at but i'm not necessarily in love with doing them they're not the thing with a capital t they're not they're not capital t things yeah. um those have fallen away naturally and i think that's totally okay yes absolutely. so i think eventually and actually i wonder if that's the thing do you, do you how many times can we say thing in one episode do you reckon, be, don't even bother counting should we run a competition to yeah. count <laughs> <laughs> do you think there is something there in if you if it is your thing or one of your mm. things you'll probably find a way eventually so you might as well just get on with it now exactly that is exactly what it, it i think that's probably the emphasis of what this this whole um podcast is about really it's kind of saying to people don't you know don't stop putting it off just just do it yeah. because you, a you'll find out whether you actually want to do it or not 
like, and that you know, I think like is we... a massive part of it. You know, you you making all these plans and you might hate it. The first um, time I went and did a, a studio portrait shoot, I was like, oh, I did not enjoy that. I am not doing that again. <laughs> you know, so at least I kind of did it to find that. You know, if could you imagine if I'd spent all this time? Oh, I'm going to set up as a studio portrait photographer. I'm going to buy all this kit. I'm going to. And then go to the first one and go, Do you well, know I really what? hated that. I'm actually in the middle of doing exactly that at the moment. I know that I want to offer video as part of my thing that I do, mm-hmm. part of my offering. Um, I don't actually know how much I enjoy video. Mm. I've done bits for myself, but I haven't done it for a client yet. So I've got a yeah. couple of clients lined up who I'm doing at a portfolio rate to basically do the thing. Because they approached me and they said, I'd love to do this. I think this is in your skill set. Can can we give it a go? So I've been very honest with them. Um, and I will either love it and add it and it'll be brilliant or I'll hate it and be like, right, I'll outsource that. Or I'll know bits of it that I want and bits of it. that. And I think that's a really good thing to know as well, to, to, yes. to know that trying it, you're allowed to say yeah, but you're allowed to say, yeah. mm, actually, not so much. Yeah. 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 But how That's are you ever going to know if you don't try it? Exactly. Yeah, you spend all your time preparing to do that thing, only to find that you don't really like it anyway. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you've got to dip your toe in and just have a go, haven't you, really? it's um, there's a, I, It kind of makes me think of, there's a, a, a saying I uh, once heard, which was uh, something along the lines of, life happens at, when you step outside the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um and I think if you just you do, yeah it go, go, ties back in with that whole fear thing and everything else. It's just you've just got to go for it and see Ooh, what happens. But then that makes me think, if you so comfort zones, I think stretch and expand over time. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think it's really interesting because I now look back at 2015, 2016, Carla. In fact, I quite regularly look back at 2012, 2013, Carla, and go, for fuck's sake, love, you were writing about this stuff. You knew what you wanted. I've literally sketched out brand sessions, boudoir sessions, all the stuff I now shoot and love, I have sketched out in 2012 Mm. and written about in detail in 2013 and then apparently didn't do anything about... I mean, I did buy a house (laughs) in the middle of that, so I'll give myself a little bit of time off. but, um, But I feel like I look back at 2016, Carla, and I go... Oh, love, that would be such an easy step for me to take now. Why did you hesitate so long? And then I think there's something about being kind to your old self because I'm quite good at being like, oh, why didn't you just do that sooner? Um, and forgetting how I felt then that my comfort zone then was smaller or, or differently shaped than it is now. Does mm. that make any sense? Yeah. Like the thing, and so the things that I'm doing every day now once would have seemed totally out of reach. Mm. And. I would suspect, particularly for you living in another country at the moment, there must have been a point where that wasn't even, just felt, I don't know, impossible. And now you're doing it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just it didn't even come onto the horizon until 2016, funnily enough. So <laughs> so it just, yeah. <laughs> it was obviously a changeable year for us all. Obviously, yes, <laughs> obviously a fateful year. <laughs> um, no, it was th- what you were just saying there, though, about that sort of being kind to your younger self, self, your earlier yeah. self. It, it made me just suddenly think about... Um, do you remember when, a couple of years back, we did the uh, Elizabeth Gilbert workshop, the Big Magic yes. workshop? Still one of my yes. favourite days ever. Days, and I, too. I remember talking, with, with, like when we were writing letters to different parts of ourselves, weren't we? And one of the things that I was so upset about was the fact that I knew I'd always been a writer and for some reason I'd put it away for 
must have been like 15 years, easily yeah. 15 years. And it made me think, I, the, the, the thought that came to my head was, oh, again, oh, love, you know, why didn't you start doing that 15 years ago? You could have been Elizabeth Gilbert by now, you know, right. if you carried on. <laughs> but as I kind of thought about it, um, I realised actually, you know, I probably wouldn't have been Elizabeth Gilbert by now. And clearly I, it wasn't that I wasn't ready then. I just think I needed to experience some stuff first to be yes, definitely i don't and want to say more ready because that kind of disputes what not, we're no no not about, more ready but... i think i think starting I, well again i think this feeds in and this is where maybe we get a bit woo but i know you're mm. also a bit woo so i think that's fine I, like I have had um despite all the shit that's happened this year i mean 2020 has been a shitter of a year but <laughs> no, really? despite all of that i have been i won't say constantly but regularly i have had a feeling of like a very certain calm feeling that everything is exactly where it's supposed to be i am exactly where i'm supposed to be things are happening as they should be i did describe this to lou the other day as things are clunking into place and she was like do you mean falling i said no i mean clunking they're not going smoothly but they <laughs> are going where they're supposed to be it, <laughs> like, yeah. this year is not falling this year is is definitely <laughs> clunking but but things are still slotting into like a really bad game of tetris they're yes. going they're, they're a bit like oh shit why not get it oh no it's in it's it's slowly going up the screen but you are still just but you are still slotting stuff in and it's fine yeah yeah, yeah, and i feel actually i've been quite i mean there have been some really low moments but there have been some really it's funny it's not even like a high moment it's like a i can't describe it it's a real certainty that like oh because sometimes i i don't know if you have a similar thing and you're coming up to a big birthday so maybe this is also opposite there um I sometimes think, oh God, I should have done it. I knew at 19 that I wanted to to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, my boss, when I was 19, my very first internship, um, he taught me to, to take photos. That was, you know, I'd had a camera before, but he taught me how to use DSLR. He taught me how to shoot a manual um, and gave me the love for photography. So it's kind yeah. of all his fault. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I regret nothing. It's um, somebody's but, fault. But he also said to me, which I've also never forgotten, I don't want to see you here in five years. And at 19, I was just like, nah, five years is a lifetime. And it's only with the... So I'm 34. I really had to think about that. 34 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're at, that, you're at that stage in your life 30, where you have to oh, think about it now. <laughs> 30, oh, that's how much I am, yeah. Um, so it's only with 15 years of um, experience mm. that I think he probably saw in me what I didn't realise until I was older. Yes. That, that freedom, that need for freedom, for autonomy, for doing my own thing. However... I'm doing it much better because I've got 15 years of life experience, work experience, different jobs, running different businesses, side hustles, all the other stuff that goes with it. So it's not for me, it's not just about my creative pursuit. It's about yes. so it's not just about the photography. It's not just about the writing. It's about all the other stuff that I've learned. And while I don't doubt that, you know, I know some amazing people in their early 20s who are doing amazing things. For me, I think I needed to do different things in my 20s to get to the point where now I know for certain this is the right path for me. Mm. But doing the thing was part of that. Getting to a point yeah. where I could do the thing and try the thing was very much part of getting to this point where things are clunking slash falling slash eventually fitting into place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's that. weird. That's, yeah. Mm, that uh, when you just said there that um, that just that phrase as well about you are where you need to be. It's um, and just I think just trusting that isn't it? It's it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard to trust. To trust. Yeah. It is hard to trust. You, you put you put all these pressures on yourself like you know me thinking oh you know if i'd started writing 15 years ago i could have been world famous and you know with a with a half a dozen books behind me by now i probably wouldn't have been but 
there's that possibility that I could have been and the annoyance that I that I could have been like that, you know. But you wouldn't have if, if that so that's something that I have been through in the past and have stopped doing now because I realised about it must be about three years ago, so I was a year or so into my pro journey, but um not quite at the point where I'd quit my day job. And but definitely at the point where I was like, I'm done now, I wanna I wanna go. Um, and I think it must have been pre-losing dad because that brought everything into much sharper focus for me. Mm. But I vividly remember having a period of time where I looked around at the life that I had, the house that I'd bought, the cats that I have. And I thought, you know what? If I hadn't had the shit jobs, the good jobs, the full-time jobs that I'd had, I wouldn't be here. Mm. I might well have been. I might have been travelling the world. I might, but I wouldn't have the people and the animals in my life that make my life a joy. Yeah. I wouldn't have met you if I hadn't had the journey because it was exactly. that journey that led me, you know, we wouldn't be on this podcast right now. This wouldn't exist. So I feel, and I know, exactly I know there's it. a point where you can go back and be like, well, if my mum hadn't been in such and such a place, my dad, do you know what I mean? There, there is a point where you can get oh, over, overwhelmed. Yeah, endless that. possibilities, definitely. But actually, actually I have thought the same thing that actually yeah. even as much as I hated what my, what working in the ambulance service was eventually, yeah. I wouldn't have met, you know, my husband and I yeah. wouldn't have met the people that I met and yeah. I probably wouldn't have then um, shot that first wedding for, because yep. they were paramedics as well. And there's so many things that kind of have that knock-on effect and, and bring you to the point that... Yeah. And there are often quite point where you say where you are, you're at the point where you need you're to be. You're at the be, point where so. you're supposed to be. And I, fe- mm. I keep getting, over the last few months, I've had interspersed with the oh my god what is happening what is this year like is everything over mm-hmm. i've also had every now and again and it's it comes out of nowhere and i will be sitting sometimes doing something really prosaic like updating my blog or updating my accounts so, you know something that is a very it's not like i'm suddenly some editing an amazing shoot it's literally i'm yeah. doing something really boring and i'll be like oh yeah i'm here this is yes. right this is where i'm supposed to be this is all perfect enjoy right being now. the moment exactly yeah. yes i, I mean obviously that. nothing is ever perfect but it is perfectly right in the moment and it, yes. it, now I sound like a wanker but Hallmark yeah. card <laughs> god that's even worse I'll take wanker we over Hallmark card music. <laughs> um, and oh this god, is a bit so where I wish we were video because we're dancing no no I'm it's so fine. sorry I sang on a podcast you sang? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to sing that's not something I'm ever going to do on this podcast oh we have a storm did you hear that? Oh, no, I didn't. Can you hear no. the thunder? She's been waiting for the thunder all day. Oh, guys. I might actually go and run around to the storm. Also, we should probably then bring this to an end because usually when there's a storm, my power goes. Oh, okay. Yes. Like, do we reasonably regularly. On, so, I, Do we want to touch on qualification skill stuff more? Yes. We, yes, uh, just briefly. Have we got time? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got time until my computer cuts out. So, yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> if this podcast suddenly goes dead, you know what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we have been going for about an hour anyway, so we will have to wrap this yeah, up fine. very soon. But, no, that's um, fine. Uh, yeah, so yeah, talking about qualifications then, actually we, we talked about the whole self-taught versus art degree and um, yeah, being sort of qualified in what you do. Is Does it make you, does it make you ready if you've got the qualification? I think yes and no, mm. personally. Um, so I have quite strong opinions on this because I think there are so many people who let not having a qualification or something hold them back and it makes me mm. really sad because often those people are incredible at what they do. Not that qualified people aren't, but often the people who are... So I think there are certain things where... So for clarification, if you want to be something medical, you probably need the bloody qualification. Like, don't yeah, don't go and do surgery in your back garden. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there are things that you have to be... You have to have a qualification for. Um, I also think you can never stop learning. And I think, you know, being able to go and study for the hell of it for some people is, is a joy and for some people is definitely not what they want to do. Mm. Um, but you'll learn through 
doing the thing anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of feeling ready to do something, that qualifications are massively overrated because they mm-hmm. don't... There's no... Learning how someone else did something, which is what a lot of learning is, Yes, it gives you the background, but it doesn't show you what you do. It doesn't show you how you relate to the whatever mm, your thing is. That makes sense, um, yeah. And I don't think... I don't think there is any substitute for finding out what your relationship to your creative pursuit is. Um, I don't know why I'm suddenly using the word creative pursuit. Creativity? Creative business? I don't know. It's weird. There's a thunderstorm. We'll blame the pressure in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What are your thoughts? I feel feel like I'm maybe a bit rambly this evening, but it's because it's something that I... This is a topic that I feel very strongly about, but I Mm. also sometimes struggle to articulate. Yes. I think yeah, that is probably just the subject in general, though, isn't it? Because there are so many different thoughts and ideas about it. But um, actually, from a, maybe a slightly different perspective, I'm doing a qualification that for effectively for my job, I suppose, not not for my job. I'm doing a creative writing degree, which ha- has a lot of links to copywriting, the, the, the kind of copywriting that I'm doing as well. So, however, and I started the I started the 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 degree could not get that out yay not just me (laughs) (laughs) can't can't words for shit get that in there (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah I I started doing the degree before I effectively said I'm going to be a copywriter but I was always a writer first so Mm. I feel like even if I didn't have even if I hadn't started the degree, I probably would have still done the copywriting thing anyway. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I don't... So, yeah, so for clarity, I think it's an amazing thing to... I think having qualifications is a wonderful thing. I don't I don't mm. denigrate them. But I hear too many people who already have fantastic skills in something that doesn't need a qualification to work in that or freelance in that or side hustle in that. Yeah, I agree. And I hear them say things like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I'm, I'm not a real artist. And I'm like, oh, but you are. You yes, are, yeah. you know, you don't have to emulate somebody to else. You artist, yeah, yeah, you exactly. don't have to emulate somebody else or, or you don't have to have a certain amount of sales or a gallery or anything. Like the fact that you are painting in your spare room on your Saturday, yeah. you're an artist. Like You know, there's. I think there's there's that element of, and I don't know how much of that is societal and how much of that is kind of innate, but mm. I, I do think there's something there that qualification, and actually I think when you do do the thing, you can then sometimes find other qualifications that you want to do. So, for example, something I would really like to do now, I've had the studio a couple of years, coming up three, which is terrifying, um, and I've really grasped and mastered the basics. I would now really like to invest in another light. But before I invest in another light, so I've got two lights set up at the moment, I'd like to go to three or four. Before I invest in the other lights, I would really like to go and do, there's a couple of people I've sort of um, identified as being masters of studio light which is very different. I mean, light is light, but Mm. creating light is quite different from using what's available. Yeah. Um... And for boudoir and stuff particularly, I would really love to learn to use some of the more unusual. Um, so that's something I'd like to go and learn. But I yes. wouldn't know I wanted to learn that if I hadn't done the three years up till now of studio yeah, work. Yeah, so it's a, I, I feel like they kind of feed into each other. But I don't think in most creative pursuits, I don't think you need a qualification in order to start doing doing it for joy or even doing it for clients. I agree, definitely. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's again, comes back to that fake it till you make it thing because... Yeah. Uh, a, a good example i got asked the other day about um uh writing a sales page and i've never written a sales page before um and she said to me have you ever written a sales page and i went no 
Which is, you know, ten out of ten for honesty. I, I, I thought there's no point lying about it because if I really no. do fuck it up, well then she'll say, be... "Where is it?" and you'll go, um. "Exactly," and I've got nothing to show people. I'm a bad liar. Um, but she she'd sent me this um, example of a sales page, and I read this sales page, and I was like, "Well, I can do that, if not better, really," because I'd read this, mm-hmm. and that's that's not arrogance or that's my experience of knowing how I can write and um, what I need to do to 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 get that yeah. that piece yeah. of copy written so yeah. and that's experience not qualifications that exactly. is not your degree showing you and as much as your degree is an awesome thing yes i i think that is experience and mm. talent showing you what you can do and also you might have looked at it and gone yeah i don't want to do that that's yeah. that's not within my skill set but you looked exactly. at it and went yeah i can do that i can do that better yeah 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 straight away yeah. definitely so but i don't think i ever um, felt that way about photography i was probably more like oh give it a go <laughs> that was always my um again my, really yeah. my outlook yeah <laughs> really i love i love our contrasting experiences in writing and photography because <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a bit of writing i'm like yeah I'll give it a go why not i've never i've never shied away from even writing stuff like i think my best one was at my old job i had to write um i had to make copy about um actuarial science sounds sexy I don't know if you know what actuarial science is. It's kind of like it's it's like assessing risk for insurance. That is um, not is sexy. Pro- I mean, it's quite well paid, but it's probably the least sexy. I mean, it's a very good starter job if you're looking to have like a nice steady career. But fuck me, it's not sexy. That's not so, sexy. in fact, the, the but, most sexy thing there you just said is that it's quite well paid. That's probably right? the sexiest part. So, about it. but but <laughs> I looked at that and and I feel like you know if you'd said can you photograph actuarial science, I would have gone oh I don't know if I can do that at the time. <laughs> Bear in mind this was like six years ago. Yeah. Um, but they said, can you write about it? And I was like, yeah, give it to me. I'll give it a go. Give me give me the basic points, of, the base salient points of the course, and I'll give it a go. Yeah. Um, and we got students on the course, so something worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting... Um, I love I love how so often you'll say something about writing and I'll be like, that's how I felt about photography or vice versa. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that we've also it? done the opposite things as well. And, and we've done yeah. the opposite things. And yeah, I think yeah. we're now at a point where we're really happy with both of the... Like, I feel, do feel like I've reached recently a confidence level like, within the last couple of years. Um, where I'm happy with both of the things I'm doing and mm-hmm. I'm able to put photography first be like, actually yes that is my primary thing which for a long time I didn't I was too scared to do so um, yeah I do think if you pretend sometimes pretending you pretend exactly. and pretend and pretend and then suddenly you're like becomes, okay I'm not pretending anymore I'm, pretending I'm, I'm actually, actually okay being, this is cool yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think yeah, actually so you can kind of trick yourself that, you said the word there as well which I think Did is I? The, the key one confidence, confidence. It, is, it, is take, it is taking that it's taking that leap of faith, isn't it, in yourself yeah. that you can do something, and or if you, you know, if you even if you can't do it, that you're gonna have a damn good go at it anyway and see what happens. So and trusting yourself, trusting yourself yes. to handle that in an appropriate way. I think that is definitely something. Like, is that fear of like, but what if? Mm. And I think sometimes we have to say, well, fluff the what if, what ifs. And, no, um... fuck the what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said fuck about 18 times and you keep saying fluff so I've got to address the balance a bit somewhere we'll be back to normal next episode next episode I'm sure we will we will do more I feel like I just need Uh, to do like all the fuck fuck fuckity fuck now just to kind of there you go because I think otherwise it'll be like that is there is is it a Limp Biscuit song I've said if I say fuck two more times I'll dig it out and stick it. I'll stick the YouTube link in the comment. We at the age of twelve, we thought this was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I'm trying um, to remember now. I love Limp Biscuit. Oh no, not I'm Biscuit. sure it is Limp Biscuit. I don't think it's Linkin Park. I'm sure it's Limp Biscuit. And um, oh. he just talks about like these fucking fucking rhymes and the <laughs> fucked up something. It's great. We it's need great. to include the lyrics in the show notes. We need to include the lyrics. Actually, no, we don't because apparently the Google algorithm now says if you swear, they will um, 
Mark you was explicit and Mark you does. So I've got to change quite a lot of the copy on my website. Yeah, Lou sent it to me. She said, you're going to hate SEO even more if I tell you this. Um, I swear quite a lot in my copy. That's really rude. I swear a lot in my copy. I swear. I say things like, but it's, I have noticed. Oh, this is, let's talk about this later. This is not yes. salient to this. This is not relevant. <laughs> not at all. We're completely going off a tangent. And we'll put a link to, to the video. Away. I'll find it on YouTube and I'll put a link to the video instead of us yes. having 49 fucks in our show notes because I feel Absolutely. like that's not going to help us. Yes. Um, on that note, shall we draw to a close? Yes. That's a perfect time to finish. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, yes. Obviously, as usual, rate us, review us. Um, yeah. Tell us, tell us if you liked something, if you didn't, if there's something you'd like us to talk about. So, I think going forward, we said we are going to try to. Um, I'm not actually sure when this one's going to get published, but we're aiming for um, us chatting and an interview every month. That may yes. not happen every month, depending on our interviewees' availability and also just what what we're talking about, what's happening in the world. But mostly that's roughly what we're aiming for. So yeah. um, if there's anyone you'd like to see or if there's anything you'd like us to chat about, um, yeah, give us or a shout. We're... by that same token, if you actually want to be on the podcast yourself yep. as well, having an inter- being interviewed, then yeah, yeah. drop us a... We're we'll probably shoehorn you I in. think we need to create a little um, uh, interviewee type um, contact thing, don't we? Just so that people can say, I'd like to be interviewed, please. Might be something worth doing on the website. Yeah, we have a Google form we can send out, so I might try and see if I can work out how to fit That'd that in. Cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll awesome. keep you guys posted. By the time this goes up, that will be on the website. Fingers Ta-da! crossed. Yes, Ta-da! perfect. Yeah. So rate, review, cool. subscribe. Uh, follow us on social media. We are Creative Reboot Co. on Facebook and Instagram. And share us with your friends. If you're yes, enjoying please. our random chats, then uh, we would love to... Um, yeah, we'd love to share with other people. So definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.